hello, and welcome to the First Time Callers, the official podcast of St. Louis, and now the official live stream of St. Louis. I guess we can claim that mantle. Uh, I'm Sam Chandler. To my right, your left, and your uh, on your video screen is Mr. Scott Singer, back from his uh, his on assignment as a floating head in the middle of the last episode. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to see the full you back here. It's exciting to be back in the recording studio. It just gets the juices flowing every time, boys. It gets the hands moving, too. I've noticed yeah. that already. We, it's good. Now you can see us talk with our hands in reality. Uh, and then to my left, your right on your screen, is Mr. Jeff yeah. Epstein. Stage left, I suppose. Stage left. Jeff, break a leg tonight. I got a, I got a good feeling about you in this show. You know, I'll try. I'm pretty excited Scott's here. In the flesh. <laughs> and we're coming off of the massive high of the Blues winning their Game 7 last night against the Dallas Stars. Um, I mean, we kind of have to jump right into 3-up-3 three three down. That's, I guess, the best way to do it. We can save the Blues stuff for a little bit later in the mm-hmm. episode, because we obviously have a lot of that to talk about. Uh, but let's get right into it. So... Three up, three down. Jeff, go ahead and take it away. All right, you know, we're going to go up or down, though. What are you feeling? I, mm, let's let's go back and forth. We haven't done that in a long yeah. time. Back and forth? Let's start yeah. with an up. Let's ride that high. Okay, we'll start with an up. And now I've got a pr- pretty good up for us. Something, our favorite topic, the trolleys. Yes, the trolleys. <laughs> and the up is, I don't think there's been an accident or any kind of incident whatsoever since we last recorded two weeks ago. It's really? a, the trolleys are like a good defensive back. They're doing their best job when you don't notice them at all. Or when you don't hear anything about them. Yeah. The hockey defenseman kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are the trolleys Jay Bowmeister? Yeah, it sure their, seems like it. They're yeah. at their best when you don't notice them. Put a nice parted haircut on the trolley. <laughs> wouldn't know the difference. Yes, but I, I don't know. Do you want to give the Jay Bowmeister a trolley thing? I feel like the trolley should be someone who isn't a good demon, like uh, Jeff Finley. A Jeff Finley, yeah. The Jeff Finley. The, the Jeff trolley. or Jeff Finley. <laughs> Slow, not I was having such good. a good day until you mentioned him. Is that who you're <laughs> named after? No. No? Mm. Okay. I know no, no. this whole time. Maybe. As far as I know, I'm not. I really hope not. Mm. Well, so, so yeah, I guess the loop trolley is not bursting into flames, which is nice. It's, it's a positive. It is a positive. I like that, Jeff. So at what point do look. we ride the loop trolley since the weather's starting to get nicer? It's getting Soon. warmer. We did Soon. research. We did learn that a holiday pass costs $5, five wing wings. We did learn it is real. It wasn't is a joke. Real. They weren't joking. Yeah, we learned, uh, unlike the Amtrak, they don't like you bringing food and drink on there. Now, they didn't <laughs> like us bringing food and drink on the last Amtrak ride, so we had to drink them in the bathroom. So my question wow. is, does the trolley have a bathroom that we can kill beers in? If you bring a bucket, yes, it can have a bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so get a bucket of beers from, Drink. let's say, the History Museum. That's the first stop. They sell buckets there, I assume. And then you have a bucket for your bathroom and beers to then drink on the bathroom you've now made. Perfect. I like that. I like that idea. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, my first up, and this has nothing to do with the trolley, but something to do with transportation, that is IndyCar president Jay Fry is a Mizzou alumni and a former Mizzou football player. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. yeah. So this is the guy that's the president of the organizing body for IndyCar Racing, and he was giving a, uh, I guess a, a graduate pep talk to the uh, some of the senior football players that will be graduating here in May. And I thought, I was like, wow, I had no idea. At what point will he give us pit passes? That's so. This is our end. When we were talking about this, we need to get press passes over at the. Uh, it's now the Worldwide Technology Motorsports Park. We need to get press passes for that, and I feel like this might be a way to do it. Like, hey, we're some Mizzou guys. We're we're journalists. We're trying to get over there and do some work. I don't know. I don't know what the air quotes are all about. The journalists. We're we're capital J journalists, yeah. buddy. This is the real deal. We are lady journalists. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Wait, IndyCar. This is the Indy Five Hundred, right? This is the guy who governs that it, race. So like, this is the the governing body for IndyCar, the series. It's like the whole circuit. So yeah. he's like the yeah, Gary Bettman. But that Correct. includes the Indy. 500, right? It does, yeah. yeah. 
which they kind of have a, a little bit of a power clash every now and then. That's neither here nor there. Either way, he's a man of, uh, of power in IndyCar racing and uh, is a Mizzou alumni, which I think is pretty cool. Is there IndyCar racing at Gateway? Or is yes, okay. that's the, uh, the race that will be here in August. I think August 22nd around there. Around that week, 24th, 24th, something like 22nd, that. 22nd, yeah. yeah. End of August, IndyCar will be back at Now World White Technology Motorsports Park. We're we gonna make a call for some press passes for that one. I think we should. We're gonna try. Yeah. All right. There's a good chance you'll get to talk to guys like Colton Pareko and <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko too. Awesome. And we don't even, Angelo. We don't even have yeah, to make a call. Here. They'll call us. They'll offer. <laughs> we need paying us here. off to get we us need, there. We need. We need the publicity. We yeah. need the the publicity that only the first time callers can bring. Can't start the race without the official podcast of St. Louis in attendance. This is true. I mean, maybe they'll even have us wave the flag. The first place callers. <laughs> Jeff is the, the ceremonial green flag waver. The green flag starts it. Checkered flag is the one that ends it. Correct. Okay. You are yes. correct. And all the other colors are, are generally things that are positive. Yeah. Is there a flag they wave going into the last lap? Yes. 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 The right. white flag. It's the white flag. Yes. Okay. So many flags. There are so many. Oh, there are. Right. Oh, there are six or seven flags. Um. Oh my God. If I can caution know, flag. There's caution a caution flag. flag. Mm-hmm. There's yellow, a, red. Green, American white, flag is there checkered, somewhere. Uh, the lap traffic flag. So I think there's six. Oh. There's six total flags. Okay. And there might be some other weird ones. Well, well the black flags. So there's, uh, there's a black flag. And yeah. we had a debate at the Indy 500 about the color of one of the flags. We, yes, yes, this is true. We found out one of our good friends is colorblind based on uh, him looking at the flags. It's blue or gold dress kind of conundrum. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So I think it was an orange stripe or green stripe, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you might want to get your eyes checked out. Before you go being a flag man. <laughs> it's true. Okay, well, Scott, what's your first up? Uh, my first up, Ballpark Village. It's always an up for everybody, really? right? This is, I, don't, I don't know where this is going, but I'll right. take it. It's, it's more the rooftop seating at Ballpark Village. Ah. Me and Julia, lady friend, we had a chance to check it out uh, about a week and a half ago. Went to a Cards-Reds game Friday night. The Cardinals were offering a nice special. It was only like $70 for a ticket, which is amazing for all-inclusive seats on a Friday night. Um, and we got rewarded with a tremendous buffet spread, all you can drink with beer, wine, liquor, although we didn't partake, as we said in the uh, Instagram, we don't drink here at First Time Callers. No, never. Just water. Mm. <laughs> and the buffet included, it was, it was really good food, too. It was like pulled pork. Uh, they did have ballpark fare, like yeah, helmet notches. Bratwurst. You could bring your own helmet. You could like okay. buy a helmet okay. in the team store and then just pour whatever you wanted into there. Go buy the forty dollar uh, new era on field hat and just fill it with nachos. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, could you bring like an eighty five hundred or an eighty five hundred uh, Kentucky Derby hat? You could bring and like just a, fill it with something. Yeah, wait, Kentucky Derby hat. What's one? Oh, like a like the, like one of those huge roses. hats. Like yeah. the, the ladies oh, absolutely. wear. You can bring any hat you want, like a beer hat. Just stick like, I don't know. I think they should have like Hammerstones bring your own hat night to fill with nachos. Bring your own nacho vessel. That's a good idea. You know, I almost put Hammerstones in my ups. Did you really? Yeah. Great place to get breakfast. Neither here nor there, but it is kind of here since we're on the ups. But uh, Ballpark Village, highly recommended. I think it's the best all-inclusive that Bush Stadium offers. Really? Bush Stadium, of course, since it's outside Bush Mm -hmm. Stadium. Um it's on the same price level as, say, the Power Brigade, Power Bridge, or whatever it's called. Power mm-hmm. Brigade, Brigade, Homer's Landing, Coca-Cola Patio. They all have, they're worth $70, but they don't offer uh, liquor and wine. It's just beer, and it's just ballpark fare, like hot dogs and mm-hmm. nachos. So they don't offer, like, the good dessert spread or the pulled pork. 
and they don't offer the full all-inclusive pretty much. So you're kind of trading off in, in terms of a view, which you're actually a little bit higher up, which might be a better view. Yeah, and that's something that uh, we were kind of worried about, the view you're, you're across Clark Street, I think it is, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's so vertical, you almost feel like you're still in the stadium. Yeah, it yeah. really does seem like that. You can see well into the stadium. There's no obstruction at all. It's, it's a really like great that. time. Now, I'm of the opinion that now that the Blues are in the playoffs, those tickets, those home tickets now, especially because we're getting down to, to brass tacks, I believe the phrase is, mm-hmm. those tickets are going to be really hard to come by and expensive, you know, as we, we kind of uh, we monitored the, the market for tickets over this, mm-hmm. this Game 7 and ended up not pulling the trigger on them. But I'm of the mind that during a Blues playoff game now would be the best time to go get those all-inclusive tickets. Now, I saw a couple pop up for like 45 50 bucks on StubHub for all-inclusives in the stadium. On those uh, on those playoff game days, which the thing is though, you go in and you're going to the you're going to the baseball game and you have the all inclusive stuff, but you also in those higher end locations you have TVs to, to mm-hmm. turn right around and watch the Blues game. So it's kind of like going to a bar in a way, but also you're in a ballpark. You have all the food and drink you possibly need, and you have the Blues game on to top it all off. Yeah, we had talked about going during the Jet series, but uh, for Julia's birthday. Mm-hmm. But her birthday fell on what would have been Game Seven, so okay. I said like maybe let's push her back just in case there's a Game Seven. She wanted me to like be into the game. Yeah. And the joke was we weren't even into the game when we finally went. It's like you're just so enamored with the buffet. Oh yeah, like, that's how it always drink. I watched the dessert. Uh, buffet more than I did the Cardinals. You'd be better uh, off just sending your money going to Golden Corral. And it was great because, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and watching the, watching the game on your phone or listening to it on the radio. Um, yeah, it was a good thing because the Cardinals lost 12 to 1. So. Okay. Yeah, so they great. kept it close. Yeah, mm-hmm. They did for a little bit. And then Dominic Leone led up six runs in the ninth inning. Jed Jericho pitched another up. He got his first career yes. strikeout. <laughs> so you got a down. down a bit. Yeah, I got a down along with Dominic Leone there. Um, but still on the ticket theme. But uh, Sam and I were noticing uh, when we were looking at blues tickets yesterday is there are a lot of scammers. There are, yes. Really? Like, this was one of my downs as well. We talked about this uh, at length. Yeah, I mean, what I, I think not only is it just kind of messed up to do just to make make some money, that really is kind of a shitty thing to do to a person. Mm-hmm. Give them, give them the, the idea that they're going to go to the game, they're going to go down you know, with a family, the girlfriend, whoever, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden get to the window like, oh yeah, this ticket is crap. Yep. Now, so, and this is this is first time callers on your side, our, our weekly segment. We look out for you, the listener. Um, so yeah, I, I started noticing this the last round against Winnipeg because you know Deirdre was out of town one one night for a one of the playoff games. I was like, well, I need to try and go to that game. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm just going to get one ticket. It won't be too bad. I go by myself, whatever. And I get on Craigslist where I've had a lot of luck doing this in the past. And one of the first posts I see on there is scam alert. It's someone who had gotten scammed. And basically, what this person is doing is going onto Craigslist making a bunch of different ads that all say, like, $100, I'm going out of town and can't make it to the game, mm-hmm. or $75 for an upper bowl ticket, which was a really good, would have been a really good deal, yeah. because I've had something else come up. And then, basically, they get you on the hook and ask you to send money via Zelle, which is, like, the, the bank transfer version of Venmo, essentially. And then once you transfer the money over, then they ghost you, and you're not getting the tickets. Yeah. So which because the Blues have done all digital tickets now, it's much, much harder to police in that way. Okay. So this is mostly through Craigslist. This Yes. I saw this was all on Craigslist. Okay. So um, StubHub, you're okay, but then the whole point of going to Craigslist is to avoid that $25 fee. Avoid fees. Yeah. But the fees go both ways. Buyers and sellers are subject yep. to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's nice to avoid that and use, mm-hmm. you know, Craigslist, Nextdoor, eBay, 
whatever else to avoid that. But yep. it's like if this these types of things are happening, it's like what do you exactly? Do? No one's gonna want to sell their tickets because no one's gonna want to buy them because mm-hmm. they're worried about getting scammed. So yeah, if you're gonna be dealing on Craigslist, meet in person in a public place, change cash, exchange cash, and uh, never do it over the internet. Yeah, I guess StubHub, you're pretty much paying that extra fee for the security. Exactly. You know you're gonna get your ticket. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was one of my downs as well, and I, I feel like if people are gonna keep that up here, or if the blues gonna go further, it's only gonna get worse. So yeah, yeah be careful oh, yeah. where you're buying Absolutely. tickets from. Yeah, Scott, what do you got? Oh, that was yours. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that was Jeff's. Okay, never mind. Well, we're sharing. Oh, that was yeah. Jeff's, right? Well, I think yeah. Okay. Sharing is caring. It was also, like, it was also <laughs> sure one of my downs. Over Sam. So uh, my next are we wait downs downs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're going back for it. All right, we're, first we're down. I'm off. I'm still just, I'm dazed from last night, obviously. But uh, first down, goody, goody done. Up in North St. Louis off yep. Nat- Natural Bridge Road. Uh, burned down. It's burned down about three weeks ago, but I don't think we got around to talking about it the last episode, did we? Uh, uh, no. no I was not aware. Yeah. I've never been to the goody, goody, so I had I was not aware that it burned okay. down. Yeah, but what's what's the deal with all these great diners in St. Louis burning down? Now you, goody, you, goody, you reference Sam's favorite no. Billy's. Oh Take that back. Legendary. Oh, That's libel. Sam what? loves that place That's so journal. much. It's, it's amazing. He keeps telling me about how he wants their breakfast bowls again, and he can't get one. Exemplary journalists like yourself should know this is slander from the libelous <laughs> statements you're you're casting upon me for my love of Billy's. Sam, Sam's favorite <laughs> hey, diner Billy's. in all of St. Oh, Louis God. is Billy's. In Soulard, actually on the other side of Soulard, pretty much Cosico or whatever it's Cosico. called. Cosico! <laughs> it's not even actually part of Soulard, but that's what makes it so great. It's That area is named Cosico, and it has the exact types of places you would expect a place named Cosico to have. It's mm-hmm. just all trucking facilities, <laughs> DBs, Billy's, John Donuts, which is low-key. Ooh, yeah. like, that's in my top five donuts that's pretty that. easily. That's the outlier there. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, well, Billy's the outlier, obviously. John Donuts. The world's, <laughs> <That's> second. <laughs> yeah, the world's, crap, the world's crappiest of Jimmy John's is over there as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good one. But yeah, Goody Goody Diner, well known for its chicken and waffles. I went there twice with my brother. Uh, great chicken, great waffles. Uh, I can understand why. Put the two together. That's why it's called chicken and waffles. <laughs> That's true. Um, both times we went there, it was jam-packed. I think it was on a Sunday, so like there's churches around there. Everyone goes there after church. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big family thing. And I could see why it's so popular. I imagine they're going to rebuild. I think that's what they're saying right now. So Billy's rebuilt after their fire. Bigger, better than ever. If what you a comeback. You can believe it. It's a two-story uh, Billy's now. Yeah. The upstairs is just filled with the grill smoke. It's fine dining. That is fine food. It is Billy's fine food. I was say, yes. uh, making a joke, but it actually is. There's a couple bars like that. There's one on uh, Morgan Ford. Or, I'm sorry, it's in like the Bevo Mill area. And it's on uh, Morgan Ford. They it's call themselves fine, says fine foods. foods at the bottom, but they just serve crap. So. <laughs> it's an ironic. And it's name. in a converted <laughs> like, a, like a big person named yeah. Tiny, I guess. Yeah. That, that's like an elephant scared of a mouse. Is, it, is that for real? Or is that know. just something in the cartoons? <laughs> I don't know. Are elephants afraid of mice? Serious, Clark? Let's. I don't know. <laughs> Is it true? Uh, yeah, and if you drop an anvil on a coyote, it'll just pop right back up. That's how it's... That's well, yeah, it turns into an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. paint a hole on the side of a mountain, you can just run a train right through it easily. That's been proven on Mythbusters. That is. I mean, that's yes. how Amtrak yeah. gets to Alton, I'm pretty sure. That's they right. go through a hole yeah. on the side of the, the plateau there. The old yeah. Acme train. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, all right. I think we're on up now. I'm out of downs now because that was my second down was the Craigslist scam. So if you got another up, yeah, for the ups. yeah, I got another up here. Now I was uh, reading the RFT before I came over here, okay. and there is something in there that I could not believe was real. So apparently, this cop in Brentwood 
was, uh, this is back last fall in October, he was uh, on a dating app and he was sexting some woman. Mm-hmm. Sent bounce, bounce, bounce. 90 texts and videos to this chick mm-hmm. while he's on duty. I'm thirsty. About places they could uh, enjoy each other's company okay. publicly in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Long John so, Silvers. So... <laughs> Yeah, so, long yeah. Time stores in <laughs> so apparently there are just Should a litany be. of places to uh, do that. I mean, yeah, with a little bit of imagination. In Brentwood, and this guy is making it very known. He eventually resigned last Friday, but I was dying reading this. It sounded like something in The Onion. He resigned? What, it's against the rules? Apparently it's against the rules to do that on the clock. To find, <laughs> to find love, we're saying no to love, Brentwood. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure one of the places he listed on there was that gigantic garage that's yeah, next I'm, to the the the, uh, the Metrolink, which that's one of the most crime-ridden Metrolink stations there, so maybe he should stop, you know, getting his, getting his junk. Yeah, I, uh, I could not believe this is real, and he's talking about that, and like, oh my god, why is this, like, actually happening? Yeah, I, yeah, I could see the, I could see where the resignation would come pretty. Uh, I mean, yeah. and I could see how Brian Cop is bored because there's like no. nothing that happens there except for apparently um, public sex. Well, you know, and clearly there's only one course of action for him now, and that's to try and start an initiative to join the county and city and start a merger there. It seems like he's an upstanding type well, of individual that can make that happen. Yeah, that's going Con- well. Yeah, considering <laughs> the people that are involved in that process so far, he seems like he'd be he'd fit right in. So yeah, uh, yeah. all right. So my first up is. Ooh, if I can read, if I can read the script on the screen. Oh, okay. So places to watch hockey games that I have won games at so far. It's been Felix's, it's been Friendly's, it's been Llewellyn's, and then last night it was Molly's and Sue Hart's. Those are four good places to go watch a hockey game. Molly's I would almost highly recommend because we ended up having the bar ourselves during that. It was kind of surprising that during a game seven there was yeah there was just four of us at the bar and the bartender. And they got a new menu. Yeah, their food's really good. It's uh, yeah, the, the loaded fries are delicious, the, the uh, chicken tenders. Why does Stuart have such good chicken tenders at all of their restaurants? I have no idea, but I got chicken tenders in 1860s before the game. And they're fantastic. They're amazing. And, and Hammerstones as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. Yeah. You know, that was our intent to do 1860s for the chicken, but we're like, no, let's, we're going to sit outside. It was nice. Yeah. And Molly's, like you said, had no one there. So like, okay. Let's find out how their chicken is, and if not, we'll get some chicken from across the street and bring it over. Yep. How's the TV set up at Molly's? When you're the only ones there, very good, because you can sit <laughs> right up on the bar at the TV. But the issue was there's no uh, TV audio. Yeah. The they're, they're, the music the whole time. They were playing what uh, we looked up on, on Wikipedia, Ska Punk. Yeah. So The whole time. Yeah, that at least. A lot of Sublime. Yeah, a lot of versions <laughs> of Sublime and um, One Hit Wonders trying to sound like Sublime. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. uh, Places I still want to get to, and these are places I would recommend to you, the listener, to uh, attend as well. And that's Obi Clark's, for one. We have not been there yet for a playoff game this year, which uh, I feel like we need to change pretty soon because that's where the players go after they win games. And the John Hams go. Yeah, where the John Hams go. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what else have we not been to? I want to say Tam Avenue has a brand new outdoor patio bar, which is humongous. It has a lot yeah, of TVs. I noticed that the other day. Yeah, it added, added like four or five TVs. Yeah, it's fantastic. You can yeah. get a burger and uh, pretty cheap beers. Nick's Pub's a great place, but they seem to lose when we go there, so that's kind of off our list. Yes. But other I people mean, can put it on the theirs. One. You can go to Nick's <laughs> Pub, but we do not have good luck at Nick's Pub. That's That's been kind of our bugaboo as far as watching hockey games go. Which sucks, because it's a really fun bar. It's it is. It's a really cheap bar, too. Everything's <laughs> like $2 and under. So, you know, and this may be the thing. I'll talk about this later in our Blues segment, but I have this is the the least nervous I've felt during any Blues playoff run. Every game I just don't feel nervous whatsoever because I'm so confident in this team and their abilities. So maybe this is the, the year where we go back to Knicks to break the streak and yeah, get back on a winning well, It's not massive success. No? I, you know, I, I think know. as far as nerves, our longtime listener, 
Uh, Harrison Milfeld had was nervous enough for all of us last night. Uh, I, w- I would say frazzled nerves is what I would say for uh, Mr. Harry, but uh, he he watches with company, so I think that helps. Yeah, I was gonna say I I feel bad because I kind of gave up on the Blues after Game Five against Dallas, <clears throat> going on the road. Yeah, so I haven't been nervous at all. It's either like I know we're gonna win or I know we're out of it. So. Mm-hmm. I was wrong about us being out of it. I was happy to be wrong. You know, they're motivated by that woman behind the Stars bench. Yeah. Or, or that woman behind the Blues bench yeah. last oh, night. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had a nice beard. There's a Woodie Rapper. <laughs> so, back to, so back to ups. Uh, you've, got, you've got one, I assume. Uh, let's see. My next up. Ooh, the loading dock in Grafton. Went there about two weeks ago on a birthday party. We took a bus out there. And it's Grafton, so it's way out there. It's about 45 minutes away from downtown St. Louis. That's a hike. Yeah, but if you rent out a party bus, get a nice group going, it's a great time. And you're right up there along the river. Although recently, it's uh, a little damp up at the loading dock. I got this photo. This is, what, this is what it looks like now. Oh, Lord. They're, they're not in operation, I guess, today. Uh, I mean, the roof seems pretty dry. If you can rent out a canoe, I don't know if we can just show this to the people. There yeah, you go. Can you well, guys see it? I don't know. We'll post it later. Let's see how that can, uh, there. D- Does the train go through Grafton? It does not, no. Well, it certainly isn't now. But the uh, riverboats do, so you can rent out a riverboat probably. <laughs> Why have we not taken just, a riverboat? Yes. We're all about, you know, like older forms of transportation. Well, Why have we not taken you know, a riverboat? steamboat excursion. You know, and now they have an expanded route. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. We should do like a steamboat excursion with the first time callers. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Like instead of putting on idea. like a golf tournament or something like that, a trivia night, let's we'll, do we'll steamboat excursion. We'll have a riverboat casino excursion. Yeah. So we have a couple more excursions on yeah. the plate. We have a loop trolley one when it's functional and uh, the steamboat excursion it's coming. First time callers, single handedly bringing back ragtime music. <laughs> now, wow. at the loading dock. Uh, what a summer. <laughs> I don't remember too much about like beer prices, drink prices, and food prices, what they had great there. And why is it, that? It's, it's more... Were you, were you enjoying the alcohol? It's more that I was enjoying nature, Jeff. Ah. I mean, again, we don't <laughs> drink here at First Time College. Um, yeah, it's a great view, just being right along the Mississippi, just taking it all in. On a beautiful day, you're just so thrilled to be out there. It just oh, it makes you feel alive. Mm-hmm. Nature! And uh, yeah, that's the loading dock. Nature Goulet. Goulet. <laughs> So going back to downs? Yes. Yeah. But I did remember I had another down, so I'm yeah. back in the game. Okay, so uh, my next down is that, you know, next time we record, Game of Thrones will be over. It will. I suppose it will. Two episodes left. How do we feel about this? Uh, I, I, I binge-watched it. I think, it's, I think it's a good show, but I also think it is an immensely silly show for all the stuff they do on it. And just I don't know. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's very good. It's very entertaining. I'm excited to have been a part of this momentous occasion in television. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I think they kind of could have done better by doing two more seasons as opposed to just the one. You know, it's, it's well written. Um, it's pretty graphic. It's, it's if, uh, very graphic. <laughs> in, in every sense. Um, so that's that's uh, pretty cool, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I binge it also. And now that it's ending, I'm kind of sad. I'm like, man, I'm going to find another show to, mm-hmm. to, to crank out here. Well, you know, what we did was you, could, you moved to True Detective, which I know you have a lot of love for. Oh, yeah. True Detective. When we, were, True Detective. when we finished up Game of Thrones, like the first seven seasons, we moved on to True Detective, and that was, I cannot recommend it enough. It was a fantastic show. Not season two. Do Apparently not. not. You warned me on season that. Season two of True Detective. Because we started with season three. We saw, we saw the preview, and I was like, oh, this looks really good. Yeah. So. We started that, and then you were like, well, you need to watch season one. Now. Oh, absolutely. Season one was just phenomenal. It was the so roller wild. coaster in these seasons is just insane. From mm-hmm. season one 
which in my opinion is the best season of any television show of all time. It's just much watch, must watch TV. And then you go to season two, which is like must destroy TV. And then back to season three, which is pretty good. So do you need really to watch good. season two to understand no. season three? No. So no. you can just skip, skip it, it. Skip it all together. Yeah. Okay, that'll save me um, however many hours. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> you are welcome to. There's a... I guess maybe watching one before three would be better, but I I didn't lose anything by watching three before one. It was still okay. it was still worthwhile. Yeah, uh, it's, it's worthwhile an anthology watching. kind of series, so it's new actors, new storylines. Okay, nothing's picked from yeah. each other. Okay, very good. Now, Scott, are you a Game of Thrones guy? I am not. I have not watched a single second of it. I don't understand any of these memes. I don't. I see these like the throne with the knives. Like I don't know that throne. That's got a big be old, thrown. the big old pointy chair. Yeah. So it's like a. Uh, so someone's gonna wind up on the throne. Is that how it works? It's kind of yeah, like potentially. the NCAA. It's, well, um, it's all based on truth, obviously. Yeah. This all. This is a, this is a historic uh, documentary style show. Yeah, I believe. You know, dragons are all over the place. So it's realistic. Mm, very. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like one big NCAA tournament where they're all fighting for this one, the, the championship. Essentially, yeah. yes. It's like the final four. This ice guy died by the Night King. Yeah, what, what? yeah, he's out. Nice, nice he got guy. killed Duke. by a child. He was, he was Duke. He was, he was Duke? He was all right. Duke, Down goes Duke. So, well, that's yeah, good. He was killed by a UMBC. Yeah, Duke lost to UMBC, basically. That's the equivalent. In, uh, uh, oh, nice. He, he got stabbed by a, by a kid. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Although I guess it would have been although she's, although she's a badass. I guess it would have been North. I, w I guess Winterfell and uh, the Starks would have been more like North Carolina State since their like house symbol is a wolf. Oh, Stark! So it's, it's got Iron Man. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He's Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. He makes Tony an appearance Stark in is, season four. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It was it was a surprise appearance, but it really tied the story together in a very very believable down to earth way. When gotcha. Tony Stark showed up, sort of blasting people with Iron Man, it made sense. Okay. Marvel is everywhere now. It's you cannot escape the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. Universe. Too much. A little too much. So. Well, you know, luckily Captain America didn't show up for there to be a real <laughs> big battle. <laughs> well, then you know it's a big battle. Yes. It's a great show, though. If uh, you ever get a chance, I would, I'd watch it. You okay. can crank it out or you can go one by one. There's, uh, you know, eight seasons, ten seasons per to the last couple, which have seven and six. So You can How skip the episode where the dragon gets on water skis and jumps over a shark. You don't need to watch that episode. You, just, <laughs> you can skip that one. That one sounds like the best one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how long is each episode? An hour? About, about an hour or so. Ooh, Give or take. Yeah, when, time. You, when you get sucked into it, it's just like eight hours. See, I'm not a big like fantasy world guy. The only thing I've ever watched that's not like grounded in reality is Star Wars. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not really into the fantasy stuff either. But like that and Lord of the Rings, yeah. and Game of Thrones are, mm -hmm. are about it. For it is me. a well done drama. It's not. It's certainly not just about the uh, the fantasy elements. It's, yeah, there's a lot of political intrigue, a lot of uh, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say the first season's a little confusing when you binge it because there's yeah. so many storylines happening all at once. It's kind of mm -hmm. hard to keep track. Once you kind of get into two and three, then it all really starts to piece together. Okay. And, that, and then you're hooked. I've read about the first quarter of the first Harry Potter book, and then uh, that was it. That's I, all you need to know. And I found it uh, my, at my parents' house being used as a sandbag mm. for water damage in the basement mm. like, maybe last, his, last spring. Maybe, maybe bring it up to Grafton. <laughs> yeah, that's big, true. Big literary family. <laughs> yeah. We like, uh, like nonfiction in mm. the Singer house. Like uh, QVC. So you oh, love Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Game of Thrones is nonfiction. It's historical. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's yeah, it's right. True. The dragons. Uh, okay, yeah, so my uh, my next down, my my last down is... So we've gotten a lot of rain. That's, that's not, there's nothing uh, to hide about that. But So I went out to the golf course this past Saturday, and it was like walking on a sponge. And my down is 
So we have a lot of really nice public courses here close by in Forest Park. We have four of them. And they're all public, all open for a pretty reasonable greens fee to go on there and play. What I don't like is when, even though it's a public course, a lot of people drive their golf carts along the fairways when it's this muddy and nasty. One's out. One is uh, car path only. Exactly, yeah, and I, I hate that. Mm -hmm. So I get that it's a public course. I get that it's not like it's, you're not paying for an exclusive place to play. But keep it nice because you want it to be nice for this summer. You want it to be nice when it's it's better weather outside. Don't run it for everybody else. So yeah. Keep your carts on the path, people. Yeah. Keep be respectful path. to your fellow golfers. Yeah. Don't walk across the green. Please don't do that. Just don't even play golf until yeah. it gets nicer out. Fix your divot marks. <laughs> Fix your divot marks. Right. Just watch Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Yes. Golf of Thrones. How'd you shoot? Poorly. So Wouldn't have it any other way here mm -hmm. in the first time. Yeah. Yeah. No one right. saw it, so you can say amazing. But you know what? I was out on the golf course, so all in all, it was a pretty nice day. Did you film any uh, video in the porta potty? Uh, I did not, but one of the uh, gentlemen I ended up getting paired with ended up peeing behind a bush and having a woman rollerblading up the hill by him as he was uh, zipping up. So that was... Uh, Indecent exposure yeah. at the, it, it the Highlands, felt, huh? It felt like the spirit of the show was there with me in that moment. I, I perfect. Oh, yeah. funny. Perfect is really the only way to describe it. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, so we have to get out there on the golf course. Yeah, you know, do one of those twilight raids, that's the best time to go. You know, there really is no such thing as a bad day on the golf course. There really isn't. Maybe when it's super hot, and then it's... Uh, not so great, but uh, they need a few more drinks. <laughs> yeah, very true. Waters. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> you got one more down. Uh, I've got two more. Okay. First one, you know, we're big on politics here. It's kind Obviously. of a very political centric uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, our good friend Steve Stanger. Woof. Yeah, I'm waiting for Jeff's. He gone. Yeah, he gone. There we go. Catchphrase. <laughs> Mercy. The, the future czar of the St. Louis County, St. Louis City merger, uh, whatever that position was. Premier Stinger. Yeah. Not the position there. he didn't earn. Um, yeah, I guess he's no more. I don't really understand what happened to him. I feel like he just did politics but got caught. I feel like all his corruption got really, really exposed. Yeah. Like, I just figured what he did is what every politician does, sells contracts for donations. He just became public. Yeah, so. he, he just got sloppy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like that's just how politics works. Yeah, I'm probably not far off. I think we kind of got a peek behind the veil, as it were. And we don't really, like you said, we don't really do much politicking, yeah. but I feel like um, he got caught. We should. We need to be councilmen, like, immediately. Let's start our own council. I like that. Yeah. You know, you can just make any old neighborhood into a uh, its own metropolitan area, just Let's, like... Like most of the people in the county do. Let's do the Better Together Council. I like We're that. We're starting it. I like that. It hasn't been done yet. We'll just draw up our own charter. This, this is, just, uh, like, this is the like, better almost together. This is just <laughs> like the courthouse in Philadelphia in 1776. Right now, this is it. Right this now. Is the, this, the Third Continental Congress. This is basically it. We're going to have to write something out on, uh, what is it, parchment? Yes, definitely. Jeff, how are your, how's your quill work? How's your penmanship with a quill? Uh, horrendous. I have to write in all caps. Ah, my handwriting is so bad. Off to an excellent start. Okay. It's oh, like yeah. a Donald Trump tweet with all like random stuff in capital letters. Beautiful. And I'm not shouting. It's like that because it's that bad. Do you have any more ups left? Yeah, I got, I got an up here on this because um, we're not really in a much time for Cardinals talk. I thought it had to mention Paul DeYoung. Okay. He, we're almost at the quarter pole in the season. He's having an MVP caliber season. If it wasn't for Bellinger, Cody Bellinger, the Dodgers, just having being a triple crown winner at mm -hmm. this point, and Christian Yelich just slaughtering all pitching, DeYoung is right behind him. You think he can keep this up? I don't know. I sure hope so. It's it's amazing having this kind of production at shortstop. We haven't yeah. really seen this. Even when we had Renneria, like, this is well beyond what he could do. Yeah, DeYoung's hitting about 330. Um, I think he's got, what, pushing 10 home runs and 20-something RBIs and mm -hmm. OPS over 1,000. It's one of those positions where you're just happy to get a good glove 
and you'll take anything you can get at the dish, but this is a guy who's doing it all, and it's, it's pretty incredible. It's a nice little luxury that the Cardinals have, and I don't think this is what people saw out of Paul DeYoung two or three years ago when he was coming out through the system. He's kind of like the, the new Matt Carpenter, where he's just kind of a, wasn't a top five prospect, maybe in that five to ten range, but they, they certainly didn't see him getting MVP votes like Carpenter did last year, and DeYoung could this year if he keeps it up. Yeah, it's amazing. His defense is improving, too. Yeah, he's real steady at shortstop. He's not probably not going to win a gold glove, probably, but no, he he's won't. not going to hurt you one bit. He's probably slightly above average at shortstop. So yeah. Carpenter has the salsa. What is DeYoung going to Which reminds me, Schnooks had a commercial on today, and they're bringing back the salsa. There, it is back. They yeah. have a hot version this year. I guess they... I tried it, and I did not like it. Okay. Like, eh. Well, maybe, maybe they uh, tried it again with the, the hotness better. One of the ingredients was ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your favorite hot dog! I, which I know, I, <laughs> the go, base of every great salsa. We, we can go nine rounds on friggin' ketchup, but uh, which I, I don't mind ketchup on fries. In fact, I quite enjoy it. I don't think ketchup belongs in salsa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, there's something to be said for that, but I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> we'll see. I do kind of want to try the hot variety. I'm not gonna lie. This I is like Carpenter's salsa. salsa has ketchup. Yeah. But answer my so answer my question. What is DeYoung's food product gonna be? Is he gonna What's he gonna have? What's it gonna be? Paul DeYoung. He's from. He's from like Bloomington. Went to Illinois State. Okay, so the mayonnaise. That's, I was gonna say something like maybe like fried, fried Paul, something. Paul DeYoung fried Oreos. You, you just had yeah, there it is. There we go. Paul something DeYoung's like, corn dogs. Illinois State Fair kind of corn thing. dogs. Corn dogs sounds like corn a perfect dogs, fit. Paul the corn dog. Paul the corn dog. Yeah, Paul the corn dog. Frozen ballpark <laughs> corn dog. Delightful. Soybeans. Soybeans. Nothing but. It's Paul DeYoung's soybeans. Paul the soybeans. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, all right, cool. My last up. Do you have any more ups other than the one I think I'm sharing with you? I have one more down. It's related to the Cardinals. Okay, let's hear if it. If you want to end on no, yours we were, up. Yeah, let's do that because you're on the Cardinals. plays into what we're going into later. So what's the down? So the down is the Cardinals' performance at Wrigley. Oof. Going into the series. Yeah, but they caught a very hot Cubs team. On, but the Cubs caught a very hot Cardinal team. But did they not? Did they have their best uh, part of the pitching rotation in against them? Or what was the reasoning? Mm-hmm. I feel like I well, before that mm-hmm. weekend started. I'm so, I'm sorry to kind of derail your um, your thought here, but before that series started, I feel like you both were talking about how this is going to be a crappy series because they're going to lose Friday and then win on Saturday and then lose on Sunday when it's on Sunday night baseball. Was, yeah. What was your reasoning behind that? Because I forgot it. So it's usually. It's always the Friday game they lose because everyone's excited about Cubs cards. You gotta watch it, even though it's a Friday afternoon game. But everyone's like at work watching it on their computer because you just yeah. want the weekend to start. Right. And then the Cardinals lose, and then just they're deflated. Everyone goes into Saturday's game, which is like a three o'clock game all the time. And three o'clock on a Saturday, everyone's starting to day drink, starting to get a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. Not us, we don't drink. Uh, and nobody's really paying attention to the game. And the Cardinals win it because no one's paying attention. Yep. Then you go into Sunday. It's always the ESPN Sunday night game of the week, and they lose that one. Well, you're right on two of them, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I was right on two of them. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. It just makes sense in my mind. But I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. It's always, as I've been to that the Sunday night game during that first series one time, and the Cardinals ended up having a massive come-from-behind victory, which was just incredible to see and experience in Wrigley Field. But, yeah, I feel like you're right. It's always like that. It's, it's like Blues Blackhawks. It's like Rams... Browns, they're just so excited to get after each other, and it just it takes on a life of its own. <laughs> it's just one of those classic. The greatest rivalries. rivalry of it, them it all, really Rams, Browns. It really is. But yeah, I think of this because every time I've gone up to Chicago for Cubs cards, you know, you're wearing your Cardinal jersey around on Saturday all day, and then they get their teeth knocked in, and you have to take shit from Cubs fans all day long. The rest of the day. Like, 
God, I almost started a fight at like 1 a.m. Cause I don't like, blame you. Cubs fans were just chirping at us like from uh, just a little bit down the sidewalk. And I just turned around and just yelled at the top of my lungs like, get off my mother effing back. <laughs> <laughs> and like squared up to them. They You're just, a cool customer. They just, they just stopped. I was like, whoa, I've never done that to anyone. I just intimidated Damn, the hell out I, of them. I am, I am thoroughly surprised. I don't think I've ever heard you raise your voice like it, 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 ever. You know, that's like a South City Kurt move. It is. Like, yes. off on yeah. it. Found the South City Kurt within me. I like it. I like the, I like the anger. I like, I like yeah. the spirit. Uh, speaking of spirit, my last stuff. Give me more ups. I got it down. You got it down? Let's see you're down. All right. I did, it actually relates to South City. Another thing I read in the in the RFT today, it was a very entertaining uh, read this afternoon. This sounded like something out of Grand Theft Auto. Apparently, there's a bunch of people just cruising around in ATVs yes. around South City, <laughs> yeah. which honestly sounds kind of fun. However, they're like harassing a lot mm-hmm. of people, and they've been like running lights, like causing accidents, and there's nothing that the cops can do about it. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's no ordinances or no laws or no something in their book that says they can do this or that to an ATV rider. It's against the police's orders to chase after them because it ends up endangering more people Mm. trying to just catch the one guy on the motorcycle. That's true. Yeah, if you go look up uh, STL Bike Life or STL Rideout on YouTube, you can watch a lot of these videos these guys take on their GoPros and yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. And who... ATVs though, yeah. I never thought I'd see that in South City. Yeah. Like they all try to defend themselves, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's just fun, and it's we just like to ride our bikes and have fun. It's like they're also, they're also harassing people, always weaving it out of traffic. It's it's I don't know, like call me lame and old, but like that's it's shitty to do. I didn't think that was cool yeah. when I was fifteen. Like come on, that's such I mean, a bad it, way to be. I mean, it kind of looks fun, but it's like, why do it there? Why not go out till go out to the farmland or something and do that yeah. where you can mess around and not like endanger yourself or anyone else. Just go to Swing Around Fun Town and ride the go-karts <laughs> like everyone else. Take some hacks in the we batting need cages. We need to go have like a Olympic First time ride. callers day at the uh, Swing Around Fun uh, Town. This is great. We're take having the, so many good events We'll this take summer. the steam boat. <laughs> Here's a, are, are bomber boats still a thing anywhere? Yes, they are. Yeah, Welcome to the World Series of Bumper Boats. Because <laughs> I always had a great time with those in the infield. Remember that? Is the infield closed? I think so. Okay, that's, that's what I heard. I tea time. So my version of that tea time in South County closed not long ago. It's now like a... Um, Is it a neighborhood? It's like an industrial supply factory now or some kind of, some kind of thing. That's distressing. Yeah. So Is I guess the one by Laclede Station and Watson? No, it was the one that's... Uh, I think that's that's probably Tower T, right? That's Tower yeah. T. I knew it had tea. Mm-hmm. That's about yeah. to be gone, too. That's yeah, I think it is going. Yeah, I think it is going. Yeah. That's what I thought. Sad to see. Uh, okay, cool. So my last up and your last up are very similar, mm-hmm. and that is Y ninety eight FM here in St. Louis holding true to their promise <laughs> that the Blues won this series against the Stars. They'll be playing the team's theme song this year, Laura Branigan's hit Gloria. So I'll let's do it. My tire ride over here. Let's see if it's going on right now. I have a sneaky feeling. Oh, it oh, is. There we are. Oh God, I just did it. Oh. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get a cease and desist for playing this without the express written consent of Laura Brandon. RIP and peace for Brandon. Oh god, this song. So it was great to like turn this on throughout the uh, throughout the day and just be like, you know, I don't listen to Gloria. I'm gonna turn on Y98, and there it is. You can just listen to it as much as you wanted to. I've heard it like 16 times today. I haven't gotten tired of it. I've no. karaoke'd it. I've blared it in the car. I've mm-hmm. yelled it out at work. I've. I don't get tired of it. It's a catchy song. Yeah. It's great. Like I said, I, I listen to my entire right over here. Yep. How many awesome. how many playings of Gloria did it take for you to get over here? Uh, <laughs> that's, how we're going, that's how we're going to start gauging everything distance wise. How many yep. how many uh, Gloria? People were calling take? in to Y98 today and saying I, it took me eight playings of Gloria to get home. To no, I, I, I want to say four or five because um, I didn't take the highway over because okay. I wanted to avoid it. 
Um, so it was just Clayton, so it took a little longer than yep. it probably should have. So yeah, say neighborhood four or five, maybe six, I don't know. But it's a I catchy tune, man. Uh, it's a catchy tune. How can you listen to this and not be in a good mood? I know, that's just the thing. It was oh. a huge buzzkill when I got in my car going home from work and they had commercials on. The Matt Carpenter mm -hmm. salsa commercial was on. Disgusting. Like, you know, put on <laughs> damn glory, I want to hear it. Oh, Gloria, what can we say about this uh, this edition of the St. Louis Blues? Because when we last talked to uh, to you, the, the, the listener, we were... Oh, and there's just a commercial. Hey, hey, Sam's speaking now. Let him talk. <laughs> ma'am, right ma'am. cuts right into me. I don't get it. Um, so rude. Yeah, so the last time we, we talked to everybody on the podcast, it was uh, after the Blues had defeated the Winnipeg Jets in six games, and we were talking to you right before game one against Dallas here in St. Louis with the Blues right. winning 3-2. And this series went six games... I'm sorry, seven games, which I didn't predict, but I think a lot of people did. I was more... I was feeling more confident in them, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that there's no more Game 7s, just for personal reasons. Um, but yeah, so what were your thoughts on the series as a whole? Let's just talk about the Blues. This is your time to do Blues that. talk? Blues talk. Jeff, you go. I'm going to tweet that out that we're in Blues talk. Blues talk mode. You know, I thought it was a fun series to watch. I thought the teams were about as even as, as it gets. I mean, going into the series, I was a little nervous because they took it to us the regular season. But uh, I'm glad, obviously glad the Blues pulled it out. I mean, I think Scott and I picked six, weren't as confident as you picking mm -hmm. five. Yeah. But that game seven was legendary, you know, one for the ages. So yeah. if nothing else, we have that to, to look back on fondly. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's just the thing. Like, that was probably the, uh, the, the best game seven. I mean, I, I'm, I was having trouble with that because I was present in the building for that game seven against the Blackhawks in 2016. <laughs> And then obviously it wasn't in the arena this time. Although the tickets did drop down to about sixty-five bucks, which I was kind of surprised to see right there, yeah. right before game time. I think we're pot committed by then, though. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I uh, uh, feel as well. But uh, yeah, like it's gonna. This is this is up there with the Monday Night Miracle. This is up there with that game seven against the Blackhawks. This is up there with uh, you know the first three years making it to the Stanley Cup. It's this is part of Blues lore now. You have the local boy done good with uh, Pat Maroon coming back. Really, like. It's, it's, we're going to do some old takes exposed here shortly. <laughs> yes. And, uh, which is very good. You thought I had forgotten, but I did not. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun, though. You know, yeah. not just Maroon, though. His whole line, that's the only line that Barubi's kept intact yep. throughout the whole mm -hmm. playoff. And they've been amazing. Rob Thomas mm -hmm. is showing, like, to the world now he is the real deal. Yep. It reminds me so much of that line of Fabry, Brower, and Stastny, where you have the back in 2016 that just was... The Blues X factor in yeah. every game. You just you just always knew they were going to have excellent chemistry, and that's how this line is. And you know that's tough to handle for the other team because that's their third line. Yep. So you know their top defensive pairing has to go out out against um, you know Tarasenko, regardless yep. of who he's with. Then you then it's like what your alternatives have um, O'Reilly's line with with um, Perron mm -hmm. and Blay for now. It's like, do you have your worst pair against them? Well, O'Reilly's a point-per-game player. That's probably not a good idea either. So you have your worst demon out against the most consistent line. Yep. Yeah, because it's, it's. I feel like the entire series, even against the Jets, I think more so in the Dallas series because the players were overall a little bit smaller in size than the uh, Jets, yeah. that you could just see Maroon is absolutely dominant along the boards. You know, the way he's just able to get his body between the other player and the puck and keep possession behind the boards is just, I mean... Top notch compared to, to anybody else. Yeah, and and look at him in front of the net. He drove the net on that game winning goal. They couldn't stop him. And his other game winner, I want to say, was that game three, um, where Esselindel oh, yeah. was that right diner. around him and he yep. you know, took a dive again. Yep. I mean, there he is again. I mean, these D men are having a hard time handling him. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, just giving my overall thoughts on the series, I said six. I may have said like six or seven, but mm-hmm. I thought we'd win that game five in St. Louis and then win it on the road in Dallas. Dallas is a really good team. It, they're the type of team that just makes it tough in the playoffs when you play such a stingy game of defense. And it, like game seven, they let up a ton of shots, but there weren't a ton of just grade A opportunities. Right. Uh, they really keep you to the outside and limit those second chance opportunities. And that's going to bode well in the playoffs. I thought they were a tougher test than Winnipeg. Winnipeg went into the playoffs struggling. Yes. Dallas went in, and they were, I think they were pretty red hot. They were probably a, one of the hottest teams well, in the league besides the Blues and, and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work out for Tampa Bay either, but Dallas, they went on a run. You yeah. heard from a lot of um, broadcasters locally. I know Darren Pang said it. I know Chris Kerber said it, that Dallas was almost the mirror image of the Blues in yeah. terms of how their season progressed because, you know, mm-hmm. in December they were the same way. They were just at the bottom of the Central and the bottom of the NHL along with the Blues and then got a firewood under their ass after the new year and just kept on building and kept on calling back up the standings into the playoffs and just carried that momentum. Yeah, Dallas, they have, they have a good team, man. Yeah, that, good team. that kid, um, Rupe Heinz, or Hintz, however you say his name, Hintz, is from yep. Finland, Sweden, yep. somewhere around that neighborhood. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Clearly a Toledo man. If yeah, I he, he grew up with LeBron James. <laughs> but I, he, I think he'd be the real deal someday, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Dallas really needs depth. He could be a good depth piece mm-hmm. for him, if not a, a front-line player. And that's the guy next year the Blues should probably be careful of. Yeah, going in, that was kind of the one area that you looked at and said the Blues had a definitive advantage was scoring depth. Uh, you know, you could get Pat Maroon and Robert Thomas on the third line and have them playing against Polak and what's Lovejoy? Who, who else? They was had Ben Lovejoy. They, yeah. had, they had Polak with um, Lindell a bit. And Hanley? Then they had Heiskanen with um, Klingberg. I might be getting to mix up a bit. But their bottom pair, they had Lovejoy and like Fadoon. Yeah. It, it was a was big awful. mismatch. To, and that's why Thomas, Bozak, Maroon had such a good series because you could exploit that mismatch. And uh, it paid off in Game 7 for sure. But yeah, Dallas... Uh, a little surprised we went to seven just because they didn't have the scoring depth, but also not surprised because Ben Bishop was kind of the X factor where he said if, say, if <laughs> Dallas was going to win, he was going to steal like he almost did last year. Yeah, let's talk about the real reason that Dallas was even in that game seven. It was Ben Bishop yeah. because you know, with you know they did have a lot of shots, and as you said, there was not um, they weren't all quality shots, but. That game could have easily been five to one mm-hmm. had Ben Bishop not you know, been playing had the way he was. One hundred three total shots and fifty some odd were on net. It's just obscene, unbelievable. Between from the first period until I think the uh, uh, first overtime, the Dallas Stars had I want to say three shots on goal. <laughs> and that was really nuts. Yeah, you're right. Three shots for like thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up at the Let's, scoreboard and just like seeing like the Blues just pulling away in shots. I'm like, is that that and, can't be right. There must be like ten missing. Or and something. this is one. You know, there's a lot of complaints I have with NBC Sports. I tend to listen to the radio call with uh, Chris Kerber and uh, Joey Vitale, which phenomenal, by the way. Highly recommend. Cannot recommend listening to them enough, especially in the playoffs. Kerber's call last night, absolutely classic. You know, you go on the Blues um, site and see their winning call. You can the video of it. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, but. NBC does not put a shot counter up next to the score like Fox Sports Midwest does. So I, did, I could see that they were getting a lot of shots, mm-hmm. but I had no idea until intermission that it was that lopsided. Um, now, you were in the building last night for mm-hmm. this Game 7. Can you kind of walk us, walk us through your experience? This was your first Game 7, correct? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. So, so let's, let's, hear, let's hear the story from, straight from the horse's mouth. I pretty much, right away after Game 6, bought the ticket. You know, I, I felt I was riding that high. A game I just did not expect us to win at all down in Dallas because that's just what our recent past has been, going on the road and just kind of surrendering. 
thought, you know, this is a different team. If they can do that, they pulled out some late comebacks. They got that glorious song. They got everything behind them. There's a lot of momentum. So I just bought the tickets right there on Sunday. Paid a lot more than what they were worth on Tuesday, right before game time. But I didn't care. It, it, was, it was great having the hype for the previous two days going into it. Just building that just hype momentum. And going into the, the arena, uh, just seeing how many people were there at like 6.15. Everyone was just raring to go. Oh, yeah, just wired. It's everyone in their seat before 7 o'clock. The pregame show, nuts. Getting everyone hyped up. And then we get the first goal. The building's loud as can be. But Dallas ties it up a few minutes later. Mm-hmm. And it's off of, you know, the most blues playoff goal against ever where it hits the referee, squirts out in front to a wide-open Stars player. Mm-hmm. Bennington didn't even see it. Well, like, you can I'm, see he was, he was looking to play yeah. as if it was going to go behind the net. He didn't like, even have a stick. He had lost a stick. Yeah. And he's, like, looking to his left, waiting for the puck to go around the boards. And all of a sudden, he looks over, and the guy's got the puck shooting yeah. up. And it's just like, what just happened? You know, the building was pretty silent. Everyone was stunned. We had all this momentum. Dallas was on the ropes early. And we let him back into it with that kind of cheap goal. And it just kind of it sucked the air out of the building for that those last four minutes of the first. And the first intermission, intermission was very tense. Everyone was like, ah, I don't know, man. We played pretty well. It feels, like, <laughs> it feels like we should be winning. And that feeling kept building because as the shots started growing for the Blues and stayed stagnant for the Stars, it's like, why aren't we winning 3-1? to one? Why aren't we winning 5-1? to one? Like you said, it could have been. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with every possession, it's just game seven. One mistake is going to win it. Who's going to make that mistake, really? There, was, there wasn't a mistake on the, the game-winning goal. It was just a beautiful play by Thomas to get to the net, put on a good shot, and Maroon to clean it up. The mistake that almost lost it for the Blues was Pareko. I have never heard a building groan quite like that when Pareko put the puck off the like the right pad of Bennington or off the post. It's like, what is he, what's he doing? Is he shooting at Bennington? What's going on? Like, yeah, he felt like Bennington wasn't getting enough shots. Wanted to keep him warmed up. I felt like that was a good teammate move. I, I, that was right there in front of me because I was sitting pretty much on the red line, the goal line, <clears throat> down on that end, and I just saw it go towards the net. I was like, why? This one you're going to reach out. No, 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 no. Yeah, and it's just with every shot, it's just so much groaning and just, oh, oh, hey, why? Oh. I, so, and listen to it, I think uh, early in the game when. Um, the Blues power play, of course, giving up a odd man rush for the other team. Uh, when when Bennington saved a, a breakaway chance, the crowd sounded almost as loud as it does for a goal during the regular season. Yeah, in the first period, there was a turnover that led to a breakaway. Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That. Yeah, that was right there in front of me. I thought for sure. Yep, there it is. The, the turnover leads to the goal. Absolutely. Nope, Bennington. Dallas, you got to do better than that to beat Bennington on a breakaway. And I feel like those classic Blues... To, to uh, for no better uh, term, those classic blues things that people are expecting. Everybody's expecting that other foot to drop. It's like Mizzou mm-hmm. fans. So you're just when something's going well, you're just expecting that other foot to drop eventually, and that has not really happened with this blues team. And that's why I feel like I was telling you guys before the show, this is the least nervous I've ever been for a blues team in the playoffs. You know, it's, it's just I, I have every game just like. Something happens like, uh, well, it's like they're not out of it. Like, they can still win. You have so much confidence in what this team can come back from because we've watched them. And I don't think we ever really gave up on the Blues even when it was in December because we still like watching hockey. We were watching really shitty hockey. We never stopped. But watching. we still like watching yeah. it. So we've watched them come back and just keep going. Well, we were 
in the lose for Hughes mode back in December. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, more or less. We were expecting a higher draft pick, but I'll take this instead. Yeah, I like this a little bit more. It's a little bit more yeah. fun. A little more fun, but you know, it's like like we talked about before, a lot of teams they take on kind of the personality of their head coach, and Brewery is calm as can be. Yeah. So I feel like these big moments aren't really getting to him. Nope. Because getting to the team is not getting to him. And they yeah. want to play for Brewery, man. I've never seen a team I, want to play for. I've never seen a player coach relationship quite like this. Like Maroon, after he scores, goes over to the bench and gives Berube a big hug. Mm-hmm. That's a great picture. Yeah, that was incredible. Like, it's just You can see these guys really are playing for him. Yep. They, I'm sure they love him, but like they know they're also playing for his contract, mm-hmm. too. Like I'm they're, sure they want him to stick around. A lot of these guys grew up with him down yeah. in the AHL. Yeah. Berube and Maroon are playing for contracts. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, They're playing for their coach, they're playing for each other, and at this point, they're playing for this entire city. Yeah, Maroon, yeah. literally the hometown boy. As, as Chris Kerber said, puts the team on, puts the city on his shoulders and is carrying them to the second round. So going to the third round, round now. Yeah, so the conference playoffs. Yeah. So just to, to describe the when they scored the game winner, it was a blur. Like yeah. we were on the opposite end, so we were on the yeah. All right, so on the hold, opposite hold on, end. hold on, hold on. I want you to do a really good job of this. I want to paint. I want to, I want to set it up for you. Well, so, first of all, you've been there for you know four four and a half hours, so you don't know when it's going to hit. You just know it's going to hit. And it's going to happen quick, probably. So, all right, so close your eyes. Go back. In All right, so right now they're running for a face-off. Bozak is, Bozak is pulling up to the face-off dot, and the puck is now dropped. In that last See, I don't three. remember like going into the face-off because it's just like, all right, we still probably have another hour of hockey to go. That's, because, how, playoff, that's <laughs> how overtime feels, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it just keeps going and going. No commercials. No. It's When Thomas finally made that move to the net, it's like anytime somebody got close to the net, everyone's like getting up out of their seats just ready for mm-hmm. it to happen. And Thomas made the shot. Uh, I couldn't hear the uh, the ping of the post, mm-hmm. but then I saw the scramble. I saw the puck kind of bounce behind Bishop, and I couldn't tell if it was in or what was going on. Then I saw Maroon sweep in there. Then I saw him put his arms up. I saw the fans behind the glass mm-hmm. go start to go nuts, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's happening! It's happening! It's real! It's real!" <laughs> like just it just goes blank from there. Yeah. Like I just pretty much tried to pick up Julia, but like I was just. My God, I was like falling over myself. <laughs> Hugged everyone around me. This lady in front of me turns around for a high five, and I just give her a big old hug. And I like fall over and like yank her down with me. It's okay. She, oh, put, her, she, she put her hair over my straw, so like she owed me one. Oh, your microphone. Yeah, my microphone. Yeah, oh, I just my God. Gave hugs and high fives to everyone standing around me. So uh, from our standpoint, we're at Molly's, and... Um, and you're right, in overtime hockey, it does feel, overtime in the playoffs, it feels like it's going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. And then, again, another blues thing, you're just wondering what happened. It's like, they've dominated this. It would be the most blues thing for it to be, because all it takes is just one fluky thing like that. And it's like, the further those overtimes go, it's just, you know, the game-winning goal in this is not going to be pretty. It's just, it's going to be a goal, but it's going to come down into a very greasy, dirty play like it did, just thankfully for the blues. So... I was still very confident they could win. I don't know how you felt. I felt we were, we were trying to contain. Well, contain we're, Harry. I mean, we were talking about it when it went into the first overtime. We we're like, okay, they're switching sides. I'm not confident here because that side normally second period the Blues don't look so hot. So I said to Sam, if we can get through this overtime, get the second one, I'm confident we can get this done. And Sam's right. saying, no, we've been dominating. We're gonna win right now. It's like, well, hopefully one of us is right. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, both pickings were they're gonna win. And we're keep we're, we're pumping Harry with this knowledge. Like they're gonna hey, he win. Done, he doesn't okay. care. No, Harry, they win. don't win until they win with Harry. <laughs> Harry was very nervous. Yeah. One thing that threw me because I've never been there for an elimination game is after they scored. I don't think it's real, and I see the Dallas players just kind of standing around like yeah. by the boards and the net. And I'm like, 
oh, they're going to review it. They're reviewing the gold. It's like, nope, they're just waiting for the handshakes. Handshake, like, yeah, I really thought oh, they were man. reviewing it. Which, I, I want to know, because this it's it happens similar to the game seven against the Blackhawks in the way the goal, the, the game-winning goal that Brower scored. Now, this wasn't in overtime. So this had a lot of time left on the clock still. Um, but when it happened, it was at the other end of the ice for me and uh, my brother Thomas. And when it happened, it was the same kind of like flurry around the net where you didn't mm-hmm. know if it was in yet. And then as it goes in, you can see people standing up from behind the net. And it's almost like a wave yeah. around the arena as people realize what had happened. And you see the red light yeah. and then the yeah. goal horns like, all right. Whereas let's get nuts. Whereas like when you saw with like a you saw a, a nice wrister earlier by Vince Dunn, a you know, like great mm-hmm. goal where it's like almost instantaneous. You know that's a goal. Yeah, you in see it going hard down. In that game, we saw two slap shot goals where it's like instantaneous, loud. Like just take the switch and just boom all the way up to eleven with crowd noise. There, it's kind of delayed because people are like, is it, is it in? Is yeah, it you can't see because like Bishop is there blocking the net. And yep. it's, it's not like just winning cleanly. It's just Maroon poked it in just on the ice. Yep. And you can't see it. So. So you'll, you'll go back for another one, won't you? Oh yeah. It gets, it gets oh yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> like man, yeah. Clearing the game. budget budget for one more game at least. Yeah. Yeah. I like that for sure. All right, so let's do some old takes exposed. You know, we've talked about a lot of positivity here. Is there any way you can pull those up? You you oh. had one of them. We, we we need to talk about it here. Well, I feel like we should start with the uh, the hero of last night, Mr. Pat. Let's, let's stick yeah. with Game Seven. How could you not be proud of Pat? I'll take it. I'll take it first. No, I mean, like, I'll take Let's it on read, the chin first. We need to read your takes. We need, uh, to, read your, we need to read the takes. Oh, buddy. Pictures. You have the Pat Maroon takes from earlier today. Wait, no, Jeff's reading them. Is Jeff? Are, okay. we, doing, are we reading our own takes? Uh, yeah, we should. Oh, okay. I mean, I can... Let me, let me you guys want to pull it up because I'm not able to access my phone at the moment. No, I want Jeff to read it. He's just okay. like, you gotta, you know, bask in the glory of being right. I've been on. I've been a fan of Pat Maroon for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think he's an old school type of player. He's a team guy. Stands up for his teammates. Power forward. Those that breed is kind of going away into his game. So I've taken a lot of heat from the rest of uh, the people we talk to who are not a big fan of his. Think his breed is kind of going away, and the Blues don't really need him. First half season yep. wasn't so good, and some of these other guys had some. Uh, Really not nice comments about him. About Mr. Maroon. These other guys sound like dicks. Here we go. Oh, my God. You got it? So it was a long way, to, long way to scroll. <laughs> so you, there we, you're getting there. No, I'm getting Almost there. Almost there. There we go. Wait, All right. Okay. So up first, <laughs> from a certain Zach Boyer. Pat Maroon season in a shift. Two off turnovers in the offensive zone, then a dumbass penalty after play is stopped. Okay. <laughs> Scott Singer's response. Bad turnover in the power play, followed by a dumb penalty. The Pat Maroon School of Hockey is in season. <laughs> okay. Well, that's an interesting exchange. Here's another one. Obviously joking. Scott Singer. <laughs> Although I take an eighth grade eighth round pick for Maroon. So That's a good pick. That's quality. I mean, you get some value Top there. ten round pick. So uh, I had a couple of responses about what you can actually get from Maroon. It really isn't applicable to this. But... Um, Followed it up by uh, another take from Scott. I feel bad for Maroon. He could only sign for 1.75 mil for one year. Holy knew he was shit. Oh well, the car commercials suck and ours are great. <laughs> Accurate. I was right about the car commercials. <laughs> uh, another one from Jimmy O'Neill. Maroon for washing machine and a player to be named later. Mmm. Okay. Jimmy. Sam's response to that, mm, Papa, because he is not sure about that one. Now, Thomas Chandler, former guest host, responds, for Maroon Blay in a two. Scott's response to that, Maroon pulled from watching Tom Amansky's How to Play Hockey video. Mm. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> is that a real part? It, it is now. <laughs> now. Another chirp from Zach Boyer. 
Delzato should be in front of Maroon on the forward depth chart. Okay. Which I mean to say neither of them should be playing. Alrighty. That's interesting. Now, uh, Sam defends Maroon a little bit here. Maroon is a steal in July and looks like a crap sighting now. Money that could have been freed up for a trade the deadline. Oh well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now I say that I say this now. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Man, you, you're covered. But you it's say, like Game of Thrones. Well, now wait a minute. The, the however, this, yeah, this the, next the, one. This next one is a however. The game. So the Game of Thrones. There's a quote where it says, "Anytime someone says but, which however is a form of but, mm -hmm. and it says but." You can disregard everything before but. <laughs> That's right. So Sam has, however, in all caps, actually, going uh, all Presidente style. I think Maroon will be just like Ott was in the playoffs. STL fans who complain about him all regular season will turn into a monster come April. And what did he do? Ooh. He turned into a monster come Ouch. April and now into May. But can you read me back the dates of those two? Which one came first, the however or the other one? They were directly behind each other. They were in Curtis's... They were in Curtis's text, line, yeah. Which one came first? However it came first. Oh, what? yes. <laughs> I noticed that. You said the other one. You bashed the hell out of him two weeks after the hell. Uh, well, don't so that, worry. What, is, what does Game of Thrones have to say about that? Uh, <laughs> dragons. Well, a couple lines after that. Scott Singer here. Maroon will get his ass beat. I've had enough. <laughs> let him up. Let him up. He's had enough. Obviously, I dislike Maroon. No, but here... I really liked the Maroon signing when it happened because we needed... Everybody did. Yeah. Like, come on. He was cheap. Yeah. Like, there was no downside at all until it got to about, you know, December or January. Yeah, he's where it's just like, he's, yeah, so, yeah. Where he's not playing well at all. And I guess Jeff may have raised this. Somebody did about an off-season surgery that he had. Or he had an injury. He did. He had back surgery. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I even knew that mm -hmm. going into the season. So, that, okay, that makes sense. And the team was bad. The whole team was bad. It was just like... Maroon was so bad, I just didn't expect to get our one-year money's worth, I mean, even though it was a small amount of there's money. There's really no such thing as a one-year contract, because you're going to lose the player the next year anyways if he, if he sucks. Mm -hmm. But the whole team was bad in the first half. True. Except you for know, Ryan O'Reilly. Except he's yeah. the only guy who, who played well, and, I, and ironically now he's completely out of gas. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, as a Maroon fan, I thought it was a little unfair for everyone to crucify him, but it is mm -hmm. what it is. I, stuck, yeah. I told everyone I was going to die on that hill, sticking with him. Yeah, I mean, I... I other than, other than saying like yeah well whatever, because um, it did look bad at the time. I mean I, I don't I don't knock you for having for uh, riding his ass then. What I don't abide by is anyone who is is not gonna jump on the Pat Maroon bandwagon now. It's like come I on. can't imagine just like hop on. Who the hell can be mad at the guy at this point? He's, he's a local a, kid. He's had an amazing yeah. playoffs. Everyone should be on everyone's bandwagon right now because yep. the whole team's playing great. There's still yeah. some fuckers out there that are doing the Jake Allen thing and the Alex yeah. Petrangelo, which forget them. Yeah. If you if you if you come across these Blues fans, uh, just ignore them. I would they're love not to do just a whole series of old takes exposed on Petrangelo. It's just Oof. like. We could go on for hours yeah. in the Petro haters. There's no convincing them, and they're going to die in that hill, too. Which, yeah. you know what, I almost respect them for that, because they're sticking to it. But at some point, it's like, man, It's like, can you like on. Berube and still, you know, hate Petrangelo? Because Berube is the head coach, and he keeps playing the guy. He played him 35 minutes last night. Mm. And a one-goal-against effort where we completely dominated. So just, you know, just if he's an exceptional yeah. defenseman. And Ken Hitchcock, the, you know, mastermind of the 90s Dallas defense, this great defensive coach, played him 26 minutes a yeah. and, and let's, if, let's take a little context clues yeah. we're getting here. Mm. Just yeah, piece it together. Why. And off the ice, after Ruby addresses the team in the locker room, who does? Oh, Petrangelo does. Yeah, the, the captain. Weird. You know, that, that sounds like a leadership quality. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, I'm going to trust these guys on Twitter who like, take selfies in their cars. They're a profile picture. That's, those are the guys to trust. These takes, yeah. I'm glad that we didn't trust them, and I'm ashamed of them now. Shit happens. Yeah. So, you have the Biddington takes. Yeah. O'Reilly right. wasn't the only one playing well in the first half of the season. It's just that this one player wasn't in St. Louis. He, he wasn't was, playing at all. He was in San Antonio. He was uh, sufficiently layered. He was a Texan in the first half of the season. With a dollar sign. <laughs> With a dollar sign. So let's go back. November 9th, 2018. Okay. Scott Singer, yours truly, says, We should call up Bennington. He literally couldn't be worse than Allen, and he has gotten better and better in the AHL. He must have been a third-round pick for a reason. Also said by Scott Singer on that date, Feels like Bennington is going to be another bishop. Never gets a chance despite obvious improvement of the minors. We have no clue what we're doing with young goalies. Accurate. <laughs> the Blues were so preoccupied with whether or not they can make Jake Allen work, they didn't stop to think if they should. Then South City Kurt, after I posted mm. a comparison of Ben Bishop and Jordan Bennington's stats... Up through age 25. You did your homework on this well, I'll say, it was nearly identical. The word... I, now, I don't recall, because Bishop um, played up at Maine for a while. Was he it, did, it? yeah. I think they both... Yeah, he may have gotten to the AHL a year after Bennington did, like 22 versus 21. But there was a noticeable good start, followed by a big decline, followed by like two or three years of just good improvement. Mm. Followed by being traded for a second round pick. <laughs> that didn't happen with Bennington. It seemed like it was coming pretty close. We just would not give him the opportunity. He never did. Every time it seemed like he's getting close, they acquired yes. another backup. They kept bearing him lower and lower and lower. And this so is my it. thought was he must suck. Yeah. Because, because why do you keep acquiring other goalies if you have him? Oh, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get to that. And then we'll two years, that. we haven't even said that yet. Two you're, years ago, you're ruining he, my hot take exposed. Okay, keep <laughs> okay, going. So you keep guys going. are already getting there. Because I, I wanted to praise South City Kurt. Because he saw the stats and said he looks like he's trending in the right direction. But then, Jeff Epstein. Mm. First time called his own Jeff Epstein. (laughs) Three words. Bennington is awful. (laughs) Oh, no, Jeffrey. Sam Chandler, first time caller's own Sam Chandler, said, I don't know if I'd say awful. Okay, that's not bad. But he certainly isn't anything special. Oh, oh no! Well, we missed that one, didn't we? Uh, so I was right on maroon and wrong. All on right, let's 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 keep going. Sam, laugh out loud. Sorry, dude. He's just not exactly beating down the door to get in the NHL. She wasn't. Well, that's accurate well, because we had four goalies ahead of him. Yeah, I, that's just more uh, an indication of how bad the Blues front office is with goalies. They, you know, it's, it hasn't been you're good. Right. They they unwittingly created a logjam at goalie for no reason. You know, he was drafted what six years ago. Seven years ago, something like yeah. that, and since then it's they've had. Twenty-seven, so yeah. They've 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 drafted multiple goalies. Fitzpatrick, who could be good, maybe not. Speaking they've of which, you they've said traded Copley. You said Bennington can carry Fitzpatrick's pads in the AHL next season. Mm. <laughs> that's, 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 oh, how the that's the last one. Have tabled. That's the last yeah, he's one. still good. Fitzpatrick's been killing it, but regardless, um, they they've acquired all these other goalies mm-hmm. like Chad Johnson for some godforsaken reason that that worked. Yeah. Um, they had Hutton for a few years. Um, LA, I think, was probably already there when they got Bennington. But regardless, it's like they've got goalie after goalie after goalie. They acquired Copley from Phoenix, or not Phoenix. His name is Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Then from Washington, then trading him back there. Yeah. And he's the, was, he's now a solid backup in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're getting all these other guys who got to be at least half a dozen by now that they've layered in front of them. All the while, like you said, here we are with Allen. Yeah, I, I see another one for me where I, my reasoning was that his AHL save percentage. Over the last 33 games at that point was 930. So it's like, all right, you spent a third-round pick on the guy. 
which is a prime pick in the NHL draft. You can still get yeah. a pretty good player, like Colton Pareko was a third-round pick. Why are you going to use it? And then when he shows the necessary improvement to get to a level where he's ready for a call-up, and we need a goalie, why aren't we bringing him up? Yeah. It's just I ridiculous. Think, I, and a season that's being lost more and more as we go along, it's just ridiculous that they didn't pull him up sooner. Because, yeah, one of your other points, and I remember this very vividly, was that, you know, bring him up because, you know, in the worst, absolute worst case, he's no good. And the Blues end up finishing right where they would have with Allen anyway. Yeah, you know, it's um, interesting because they, they took Husso yeah. and Fitzpatrick, and I think in third round, if not higher, in years after Bennington was, been, was taken. Yep. And it's like, why are you doing that? In my mind, I'm thinking, why are you doing that if you have this other guy here unless there's a problem? Yep. Yeah, I've heard, I think, Armstrong, Bill Armstrong, or it was maybe Yarmo back when he was the scouting director of the Blues, said he always likes to get one goalie in every draft just because they flame out so often and it takes so long for them to develop, which it did with Bennington and Bishop, yep. both took till age 25. And that's really not an anomaly. That's That happens with a lot of goaltenders when and it I, takes that long. Which is the point I was going to make with... Allen, I feel like he was up here a little bit younger and had that hot year and then the nice playoff series in uh, 2017. And it's like, okay, we're sticking with this guy. Yeah. And it almost felt like his he was rushed a little bit. So maybe that's why Bennington was down there this whole time. So maybe they saw, like, yeah, okay, he's, he's got the stuff. He's looking very solid. We see that he can be a good goalie. Let's not rush this one. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's just you paid Jake Allen $4 million a year. So you had to keep playing. Yeah, you yeah. had to figure it out. He was good. Uh, like you said, he won the Minnesota series. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was finally getting that chance to be a number one, no longer with Brian Elliott, mm-hmm. split in time. Oh. And was he with Halak, or was that Elliott and Halak? It was Elliott and Halak. That's, yeah. that's what I thought. Uh, so, yeah, it, it kind of made sense, certainly last season, to see what you had stick with him. But then he had such a terrible year. It's like you go into this season, you get O'Reilly, you get Perron back, Bozak, you spend all this money. It's like how can you possibly rely on him to be your number one? And then the season starts, and it's like such a train wreck. you got to try something else. Yeah, and you know, going into the season, everyone is saying, with all these other guys, it's all going to ride on Allen. How he goes, the team will go. Eventually gave up on him, clearly, for a good <laughs> Well, he reason. went, and the team went. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, they gave up on him for a good reason, because Bennington's just been just destroying it. Yeah. But I think the moral of all this so maybe we shouldn't be so um, hasty with some of our predictions on these guys. No, Let absolutely. The year play out. Absolutely, we should because it's great yeah. for the podcast. Old takes exposed. It's it's not yes. bad. More of my favorite. Well, also, we're actually. all one and one on these. Yeah. we missed on Biddington, but got it maroon. Mm-hmm. And vice versa with you, Scott Singer. I was say anything else. No, because we're perfect. We have wonderful takes. Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Should, should we go back to Josh Donaldson, or are we just doing blues? We'll just do blues. Oh, okay. All right. Is he a baseball player? Third baseman. So I'll, I'll, he was. I will never have bad takes on the Cardinals because I don't make Cardinals takes. Josh Donaldson had a horrible year and got lucky at the end. He was. was yeah. He, he used to be like an MVP caliber player. Was hurt with the Blue Jays for like the, three years. Oh wait, this is the guy that. This is when the Cardinals were hot after getting Schilt as the okay. manager, and they were in need of some thump in the lineup. And the Blue Jays pretty much just gave him away, and everyone was like, "Let's get him." What's the worst that could happen? We're gonna this is the guy that set a new place. record for no hits, right? For not getting a hit. No, it was Chris Davis. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Donaldson wouldn't be far off, though. He's bad. He's really, really bad. Donaldson had like a 920 OPS the rest of the way. So that, that oh, would have yeah. been... Oh, for two weeks. It was like a full month. Hardly. That, he, he was, that was, he was hurt f- until the second or third week what? in September. Uh, well, that would have helped. Would it have not helped the Cardinals? Would he have helped the Cardinals? I don't remember whose spot he would have gotten. Who was right, though? <laughs> Who was right? Josh Donaldson got the last <laughs> laugh. Oh, take, oh, take master. Keep us your way. Oh, well. Do you have 
definitely. How quickly can you do your would you rather? So would you rather save them? Would you rather <laughs> save them for another episode? We are over the time as it is talking about this oh, blues man. playoff series. I mean, we can do these whenever, really. It's no um, no big thing now, but how about a single would you rather? I'll take it. A single would you rather? Abs or sharks? You're playing Ooh, tonight. Oh, no, I don't care. care. Either one. By the time everyone yeah. listens, we'll have the answer, but right now, what do we think? It's definitely a don't care situation yeah. because we can beat either team. Yes. Neither team, especially the Sharks, are only here because of that bogus five-minute penalty in mm-hmm. Game 7 against Vegas. Colorado, we've played them well all year. I am not afraid of them. I want to beat Kroenke. I know some someone said in the group me, like, don't give him the extra playoff revenue. That's what he, I said. I was he, trying to play the long time. But he's like a billionaire. <laughs> he didn't care about it. Like, you said he doesn't care either. So I'd rather beat him than make him lose money. That'd be nice. Plus revenge factor. It's revenge factor either way. On both teams, really. Yeah, because yeah. the Setting Avalanche knocked us out last year. Yeah. While we were there on your bachelor party. So it's personal this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess I choose... Uh, God, I, I don't care. I, I, I can't really say. There's, cause I, I can't choose one because I think there's negatives to both based on schedule. You know, there's positive and negatives to both. On, on the yeah. positive for us, for Colorado, is they're a one-line team like mm-hmm. Dallas. Yeah, um, the Sharks are deeper. That is the one thing. I think yeah. they're the, the much deeper you know, team. A negative is the Kroenke on team, but a positive of that is you, you probably hear people yelling profane things mm. and NBC sound isn't so shitty you'd hear it on the broadcast. And there would be a lot of Blues fans in Colorado going to this games. Oh, yeah, so. and as far as I know, Colorado doesn't have those bullshit ticket policies. Like Dallas did. There are still plenty of Blues fans in the Dallas stands. Those ticket policies yeah. rarely... find their way. Dallas is a big city. A lot of people from here live down there. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, of San Jose, love to beat them. I'd love for Piranha to beat Thornton late, just because yeah. yeah. I have, I'm a spiteful person. Mm-hmm. I still remember that. Yeah, I don't I don't want Joe Thornton to ever win a Stanley Cup, <laughs> but, for um, much that reason. They're, they're a much deeper team than than uh, than the Avalanche are, and their their demon kind of worry me. Carlson and Burns are... No joke. Yeah. And Vlasic is a really good shutdown D-man. So to me, I think uh, that would be a tougher matchup. Yeah. But honestly, I don't care. Well, that Let's game is firing up just now as we speak here at 8.15. So we'll uh, find Let's out get to it. sooner rather than later. We did do a poll. And uh, based on your votes on the Twitter poll on First Time Callers, I believe that's... What's, what's, the, uh, what's the Twitter? At the numerical one ST time callers. We asked what you thought, and you said that you don't care because the Blues don't care. And that's exactly right. They can be anybody they come up against, and uh, that's what we're gonna go forward with. <laughs> I mean, we well, agree. <laughs> that, I mean, that thought's got them this far, so may as well see how far, much further they can go. But all right, cool. So you said the Twitter is one ST time callers on Twitter.com. What mm-hmm. are the social media tags for elsewhere? Facebook, Instagram. It's spell it all out at First Time Callers. We also have a blog, uh, FirstTimeCallers.com, and we have an email. Yeah, still accepting hate mail. We got a little bit recently at FirstTimeCallersSTLGmail.com. Yes, yeah. we did. Which we have, we have so many. We, I promise you, we'll get to them. when We're not doing such yeah, a loose it's, heavy uh, episode. It's, it's got some feisty listeners. Some. <laughs> yeah. um, some curious listeners, I suppose. It'll well, be fun. We've got like 65,000 listeners, especially on the Periscope yeah. right now. So mm-hmm. it makes, makes sense. Yeah. The they also visit our favorite website, besides our, our blog. And that is stillpodcast.com. The St. Louis Podcast Network, Mr. Andy Hanselman. Reach out to him if you have anything about the uh, the exclusive content to stillpodcast.com. It's all St. Louis-based producers, which is very nice. We're here in St. Louis because we are the official podcast of St. Louis. Um, and above that, you can visit us at soundcloud.com slash callers, or just look us up on your favorite podcast uh, app, which is most likely iTunes, let's be honest. Just search for First Time Callers. We are on there. Uh, so, yeah, if there's nothing else to go here, let's go Blues. For Scott Singer, for Jeff Epstein, for Indy, who's laying behind the boards back here, I'm Sam Chandler. We are the First Time Callers, and hope you will be long-time, long-time listeners. listeners.